0: Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message, brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. You guys doing all right? Yeah? Are you ready for 23? 23 is going to be 23. The Lord's bringing us into greater freedom. And the interesting thing with what we're facing in the world and in South Africa right now is that we can see there's some storm clouds that are gathering. And we can see that there's some challenges and obstacles that we're going to have to be facing. And so it becomes a little bit difficult sometimes for us to be able to agree with the statement over here that says the best is yet to come. And sometimes we can be impacted and influenced by what we're looking at. But you know that there's a huge difference between what you look at and what you see. Because you look with your eyes, but you see with your brain. And the way in which your brain interprets what you're looking at makes a massive difference to your conclusions. And the Lord wants to work in our minds that we see things from His perspective. Psalm 2 says, The Lord sits in the heavens and He laughs At the plans of the enemy. In other words, he's way above whatever the chaos and destruction that the enemy is wanting to plan and bring against the purposes of God. There is nothing compared to his great power. So he just laughs and scoffs at the enemy. The Bible also says. That we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Meaning that we have access to the same vantage point that God has about the world. And we are invited and encouraged to see the way He sees. So that we're not just looking at our circumstances according to whatever the news feed is wanting us to know about a situation. But we are allowing the work of the Spirit and the truth of the Scriptures to act as a filter in our minds, that even though we are looking at things with our eyes, we're coming to a godly perspective and a godly conclusion as to what's happening. Are we good with this? The difficulty is taking these amazing concepts and truths and then earthing it into our current existence. Yeah, you drive out of the property and boom, you're in a pothole you know, and then you're off to the tire place because you've got to replace the tire. After you've dodged the taxi and waited your turn at the traffic light where there's no light. And you're working through all the difficulties and the frustrations of life and it's signifying to you an opposite message from the one that God wants you to grab a hold of. There is a clash of kingdoms, a clash of perspectives, and sometimes there's a clash in our own minds. It's like, do I believe this or do I believe that? And we can, at times, we can move from one side to the other. I can see you've got your Sunday go to church face on and you are not gonna give in or give any clues as to, like, he's talking about me. There's so many things that we have to navigate. And it's right and good that we take time to think about it and to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and our minds because we want to be led by the Spirit. We want to navigate through the things of this world and we want to make sure that we are doing things the way He wants us to do it if you love me, obey me. If you love me, follow my commands. So he has instructions in terms of how we should live. The righteous will live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. So when we are looking at things, what do we see? We need to see things from an eternal perspective. Okay. Can I ask you please to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always... Be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So as we walk in humility and gentleness before the Lord and before one another, but there needs to be a settled conviction in our hearts that we know that we have hope. In fact, when we go into the office on Monday morning, people wonder what are we on? Cuz we're just a little bit too happy for the rest of them. We just we, we just got that much more hope and confidence that it's going to be a good week. So like, oh, it's Monday again. That's what they say. But when we bounce into the office, it's Monday. It's another day to bash the devil. It's another day for the kingdom to advance. Oh, I was made for Mondays. And the rest of the gang come out. Because we're seeing things differently. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And we're looking at things with the eternal perspective. It changes everything. As we look, we see the fingerprints of God. A lot of people, because of the sway of the prince of the air, the enemy, who wants people to live in a place of bondage and fear and intimidation, and because there's such this swell, if you like, a tide of negativity, it's possible that some people, even though they come and live among the family of believers, are still indoctrinated with the viewpoint that says the devil is winning. I loved what Cameron said there in that little clip because it just highlights what a lot of people think. Many people mistakenly think that God and the devil are equals. And there's this arm wrestle competition that's going on and, you know, we better pray and fast more so that God can win a bit more. You know, so we have a big prayer meeting and then phew, God's going to move a little bit more in our place. And and when, you know, the government or whoever does something that we don't like, it's going oh, the devil's winning. And we get into this strange mentality that says, you know what, we we better just hold on tight. Jesus would you come back quickly? It's like My baked beans and bully beef is going to run out soon. (laughs) Only got so many candles. Only got so much, you know, water to drink. Oh, let's hide in a cave. Oh, Jesus, come back now. Because the devil is winning. And unfortunately, many people have that mentality. But that's not the biblical understanding that God has revealed to us. The truth is, God is the all powerful one and in in an instant he's going to do away with the enemy the enemy doesn't even realize it that he's actually being manipulated as a tool to even do God's work for him he thinks he's causing chaos and destruction and the enemy tries to cause havoc in, in our lives And God says, "Hmm, what the enemy intended for harm, I'm going to turn it around and cause it to become good. So God is powerful, the devil not so much. And in fact, Scripture tells us that God is coming back and he's going to comprehensively take over everything. His second coming. When he comes, he's coming for a victorious, overcoming bride. He's not coming for a tiny group of people hiding in a cave. He's coming for a victorious, triumphant church body of Christ. All of creation is groaning, waiting, longing for the sons of man, the children of God, to grow up into fullness, into the fullness of the stature of Christ to reveal that they are indeed the sons of God. Meaning that the sons of God, believers, the family of God, are going to have a massive impact on shifting and changing what happens on the planet. So he prophesies in the book of Revelation, says, And now the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. We're here to take over, we're here to see the kingdom growing, expanding, and impacting. Like yeast working through the whole batch of dough. Changing everything, causing light to overcome darkness. That's what the Bible says. I wish more believers would be believing believers. That we would actually believe that God is God. And that according to Romans 16, that the enemy, Satan, will soon be crushed under our feet. Oh my goodness. It's not just crushed under his feet, it's also crushed under our feet. Because we are in Christ Jesus. And as he crushes the enemy, we're also crushing the enemy. There's a whole lot of crushing going on. And if you are looking to see the enemy getting bigger and the church getting weaker, you're looking for the wrong thing and you're going to see the wrong thing. But if you look with biblical eyes and prophetic eyes, you're going to see the fingerprints of God in your life, and in the world. Not so many amens on that one yet. Don't (laughs) worry, I've got the whole year to work on you. How can you say the best is yet to come? Well, do you know that the world is a better place now than it was 10 years ago? And it's a better place now than it was 50 years ago or 100 years ago. More access to education. People are living longer. Even with that unmentionable thing of the last three years. Population still growing. People are living longer. More access to clean water. More access in some parts of the world to power. There's an increase in knowledge, in education, in standard of living, in lifestyle, everywhere and in every sphere, the world is getting betterer and betterer. Now I know when you look on your newsfeed that pretty much everything that comes your way is negative. It's designed that way. They're not going to do much more than, it's the odd exception when there's a good news story. You know, like half an hour of news and then they give 30 seconds and now we'd like to bring you a good news story. Like it's the exception. No, it's not the exception. But that's all that they are looking for because fear sells. Come on, you know this to be true. Yeah, You're driving down the road, and as kilometers and kilometers, is just like highways going, great guns, and there are no potholes, everything's fine, traffic is flowing. And then there's an accident on the other side of the road, and it involves two people, a little fender bender. What do you do? It's like you are drawn to chaos and negativity. That's why news draws on people's focus on negative things. Listen, I'm sorry about these people on the far side of the planet that built their houses on a slope that's made out of mud and it rains a hang of a lot there and the mud loses traction and slides down and covers everything in its path. To me, I would think, bad place to build But I'm sorry that there are people there on the far side of the planet that were smothered in a landslide. But how is it going to affect my life here today? But this becomes a major news headline. You're tracking with me? Something I can do nothing about except embrace another thing of negativity and fear and calamity. It's about time we worked on the filters of our minds that we filter out what we are looking at because we are not looking to see the devil winning because that's actually not the script. You know the script has already been written. We read the end of the book, we know who wins. So we're looking for the script to play out according to the great author. God himself. The kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. As the gospel spreads, church history and social history, world history, wherever the advance of the gospel, wherever missionaries went, life changed in those nations. Standard of living increased dramatically. Work ethic up education, medical attention, all these things rise at an enormous level because light chases out darkness. Wherever the gospel has gone, it's got better. Now, the news outlets, I'm not going to tell you this because they just want you to keep coming back for more fear and negativity. But the researchers have tracked these different indicators in terms of lifespan, quality of life, wealth, um, you know access to, to nutritious food and clean water and, and all these different things. And the trend over time is onwards and upwards. That's the trend. Now, with a the graph, there's some peaks. And some troughs. And when the overall trend is going up and the current data set is also up, it's kind of like, yay, we can see this. This is good. Stock market's going, you know, yay. When interest rate goes down, the RAND increases in value, gold price is up, taxes are down, it's like, yeah, we can see everything's going well. But when there's a bit of a down dip on the graph, you can quickly be fooled into thinking, oh, it's all going backwards. But remember, the overall trend with the ups and the downs, the overall trend is onwards and upwards. That's why we can say, The best is yet to come. Things are moving in the right direction. Yes, we face some challenges in good old South Africa. It's true. But what are we looking at and what are we seeing? Because it's going to impact and influence our spiritual journey It's going to impact and influence our relationships with one another. It's going to cause us to live in fear and doubt instead of living in faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. God. And we are called to live a life that pleases Him. So therefore, we know how we should live. So we want to look and see with heaven's eyes and from heaven's perspective. Okay. Be ready to give an account for the hope that you have. Right? And you remember also last week, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, that we should rejoice and again say rejoice. And then when you get to verse 6, it says, don't be anxious about anything. Do you remember that part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's put it up for you. Don't be anxious about anything. Okay, pray about what's going on, but do so with a heart of thanksgiving, knowing that the answer's on the way, that we have a good father, and he's going to take good care of his children. All right? So we're praying, even into the situation, but with prayers of faith, and thanksgiving. Not prayers of defeat. Oh no, the devil's winning. Oh, did you see? Oh. Those are not prayers of faith. That's just whining to God. He's calling us to engage with him in a very different way. Verse 7, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard, it will protect your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, He is the Prince of Peace, and when we are focused on Him, and we are ensuring that every part of us, our mind, our will, our emotion, our body, every part of us is submitted to Him, He will lead us and guide us in peace. And that peace goes beyond what you can reason. So it is above. It transcends reason, human understanding. We have peace. There's still a storm raging around. This is Jesus in the boat with the 12. These oaks are having a panic attack. Jesus, don't you care that we're going to drown? These are experienced people who know what it is to be in a boat in a storm. Maybe not so much the tax collectors, but the fishermen definitely. And Jesus is at perfect peace. Storm all around. He's in peace. And then he stands up and the peace on the inside and he speaks to the storm. Stop it. The prince of peace releases peace. So from the supernatural realm, it impacts the natural realm. According to the disciples' understanding, looking at the situation, the conclusion, we're going to drown. Jesus, it's a great day for a miracle. looking at the same thing but seeing a very different outcome. So as we navigate our way th- around the potholes this by the way is how we can more easily identify drunk driving. <laughs> and everything's changed, right? Everything's changed. It used to be It used to be that anybody weaving on the road was drunk. Now, now we know. The drunk people are just driving straight. And it's the sober people who are weaving around the potholes. But as you are navigating your way through all of the difficulties of load shedding, and they change the schedule, and like, is it even worth looking at the schedule? potholes and you know the corruption and all these different things and you know gosh didn't even know we had a navy and you know all of these things it's like so much confusion and storm and 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 bombarding us with all these different things it's like how am I going to live and how am I going to get through 23 yeah I believe that the Lord is going to cause us to step into a hovercraft effect, which is an unusual picture for the Lord to give me for this year because we don't really have a hovercraft here in South Africa. But a hovercraft has this special ability to rise above the waves and to move across the top and is not affected by the currents, by the tide, by the storm. I believe the Lord's going to lift us up and he's going to give to us, the body of Christ, a hovercraft effect that we'll be able to get where we're going, even if there is a storm. Come on, can we give him praise? transcendent peace, I want to take that same principle and say He's going to give us transcendent hope. See, yes, there are reasons that we should have hope. But even besides some indicators in the natural, some green shoots, so to speak, even beside that, He wants us to live from the supernatural realm into this natural realm. We're transcending even some of the difficult things that we're looking at because we're seeing in a transcendent way. We're seeing the end even before we get there. Amen. Faith declares and proclaims things that are even though they are not at this time. So we're seeing things differently because we are living with transcendent hope. He is the God of hope and he calls us to live in hope, not to live in despair. If you wanted to live in despair, that would be a very different sermon. And we'd all walk out of here dragging ourselves to Monday. In fact, we probably wouldn't even want to make it to Monday. But that's not in alignment with what God wants us to live. Earlier this morning, Darrell was just ministering in a sense that when you have a sliding door... And sometimes when it's not on the rails and you've got to move it open, it takes a lot of effort. I mean, you can get it open. But when you get it back on the track, it just slides. And the Lord wants to get us back on track so that we can move freely. I believe that's the alignment that the Lord is bringing to us. We're moving, but we're moving in alignment with him. And so yes, all kinds of things that we're facing in the country, but yet we're living from another realm and we have transcendent hope because we have the God of hope. We, um, we know that Christ in you is the hope of glory. Yeah? And we know that there is eternal hope. But it's great that we have hope for the future and, you know, we're we're good with that. You know, Titus 1 says, you know, we live with the hope of eternal life. But here's the good thing, and you good theologians, you know this. That eternal life begins the moment you say yes to Jesus. The moment you say no to the devil and his ways, and you repent of your misdeeds and your rebellion and your wickedness, and you take on his forgiveness, and in that exchange, you say, I am yours. You gave yourself for me, now I give myself for you. You are my savior, and you are also my lord, which means he's the commander in chief, he's the boss of my life, he's my master. So I live to please him, not to please myself. That's why the world thinks we're crazy, thinks we're a peculiar people because they're living for themselves. We're not, we living for him. And that, yeah? But the moment we are born again, the moment we come to Jesus and say, I'm yours, that moment, eternal life begins. Yeah? So yes, there's hope, For when we do, breathe our last breath. And there will be that eternity with him. Depends how long he takes to come back. It could be in that heavenly realm. Or it could be when the heavenly Jerusalem comes down. But we're going to be with him. This is good, yes? We have this hope. We have this eternal hope. That's then. What about now? Well, you've already just solved it because you know that eternal life starts now. So therefore we have hope now and then. For your every now and then, you have hope. We have hope now and then. We have hope. Turn with me please to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17. Ephesians 1, 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. Verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In other words, how you see things. And you're seeing things from a heavenly perspective. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. That you're not stumbling around in darkness. And we're not just talking about load-shedding kind of darkness. We're talking about spiritual darkness, that we are enlightened. We see things the way God sees. Why? In order that you may know, firstly, the hope to which he has called you. Whoa, he has called you to hope. Coming, Lord. He's calling us. You are called into hope, a living hope. Are you going to respond? He's calling us to know, to understand, to comprehend, and to live in. This is a calling we called to live in hope. Amen. And Paul's praying for the Ephesian church that kind of like, I really hope you guys come to a place of spiritual maturity where you can actually see what's going on and that you can live in hope. I think he was also writing for us as well. Yeah. Firstly, the hope to which he's called you. Secondly, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And thirdly, his incomparably great power for us who believe. We have great power because we have the Holy Spirit. We have great power because he said, you see the works I'm doing? Even greater works you're going to do. Now, we know we can't do that in our own power. We have to do it in the power of the Spirit. But His incomparably great power, far bigger, more powerful than the enemy, is God's power that's at work in us. Come on, imagine the one billion Christians on the planet actually believing this and actually walking in the power of the Spirit. The other seven billion don't stand a chance. Because we're walking in such power and love and mercy and forgiveness and we're releasing the interventions of heaven onto the planet. Things will shift and change very fast. Because we live in hope, we live in power and we actually can tap into something of our inheritance. Do you remember Jesus told the parable? Of the outrageous, extravagant father and the son who went to go and live with the pigs for a while? The prodigal son? The son said, Father, can I have some of that inheritance now? And the father said, Wow, access to inheritance. It's not what we're on about today. That we might know the hope to which we called. That we might be the reason for the hope that we have. It's going to be transcendent. But even so, you know, the Lord, he helps us. He gives us little green shoots to strengthen and encourage us. To know that we're in the right place at the right time. Acts 17 says that he chose our time and our place where we should live and breathe. Have our being. Yeah? So we're in the right place at the right time. I mean, I am so delighted to be living in Joyburg. Because when I look down, you can do the same. Can you see? It's about five kilometers down. Can you look down? Can you see that? five kilometers down, is gold. Gold. More gold than what they've extracted in the last hundred years. There's still more by far under our feet. Here in Joyburg. Oh my word. How about, how about these dudes in the free state? I mean, can anything good come from the free state. I'm joking. You're a few people in the first service. It's just a joke. But these two guys, eight rands, which back in 2008 was the cost of one dollar. For one dollar, they bought the mineral rights just outside Virginia on a piece of land they've turned eight rand into 1.7 trillion rands with the discovery of helium there. The highest grade of helium deposit on the planet in the free state. This is extraordinary. They're they're re-looking at the shale gas in the Karoo area and they reckon that even more than (laughs) sheep, that land is super valuable. And we'll supply our energy needs for a century. And we've got the technology, we can do it properly, keep all the green people happy. We've got deposits of all these amazing minerals that are required in this push for self-sustainable you know, development and energy and all these things. And minerals that are in the ground that God, knowing That we would live in the cape of good hope. That he would put these minerals in the ground for such a time as this. And then he would release innovations and inventions from the blueprints of heaven to solve the problems and the issues of the planet in our day. There are minerals in the ground we do not yet know that they are valuable because we haven't made the inventions yet that's going to require those minerals. We've been prophesying this for years. We're beginning to see some of this, the the mining areas up there in Limpopo area, whatever, where we are, are getting stuff that's required for this renewable energy surge that's taking place on the planet. God loves us. God loves us. He's given us resource in this land. We've got all these things. We've got coal. I mean, we've got so much good coal. It's wonderful. I nearly said something controversial. It's like, you know, trees need carbon to grow. Like, there's a novel thought. Good, bad, good, bad. For another day. we got so much coal. And good coal. That the northern hemisphere countries. Are paying us. To not use coal. So that they can buy it from us. We've got. Amazing resource. The trucks are lining up. Down there to Richards Bay. I'm going to go and check it out myself this next weekend, Grant and Benice. They're trying to get the trucks or the coal there so we can export it. We can make a load of money for South Africa. One of the things I think that the Lord is, is keeping these treasures in, hidden so that it might be extracted at a time when we don't have the extractors extracting the profits. <laughs> We've got so much resource for this nation. You don't need to go to another place. He's called us to disciple nations. He's calling us to make a difference in this place. Imagine if the believers actually rose up and were believing believers. And lived in such a way that released hope, courage, faith, boldness. The light of the world shining in and through his people. Can I give you a couple of statements as to why we should have hope? Thank you. (laughs) We have hope because he has blessed us with everything we need. I'm combining two scriptures here. The first one is Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. So from the supernatural, it's going to invade into the natural. Our God has blessed us with every blessing that we need. Lord, what's the solution for this problem? We are blessed with His insights in the heavenly realms in order to solve this world's problems. He's blessed us with everything we need. And then combine that with 2 Peter chapter 1, and verse 3 and 4. His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's given you everything that you need for life. We can have hope as families, as individuals, because He's given us everything we need for life. Is your job part of life? That would be yes. He's given you everything you need for your job. For your neighbor, who's driving you towards acts of love and kindness and forgiveness. He's given you everything you need in order to do that. Your work colleagues, who are a little dysfunctional, He's given you everything you need in terms of wisdom to win them over and to help them come to a place of freedom and wholeness. Freely you have received, freely give. And that spiritual freedom freely you've received. Therefore, spiritual freedom freely give. Yeah? We have hope because he has blessed us with everything we need. We have hope because my God will supply my needs. That's Philippians 4 verse 19. We have hope because God is with us. That's Hebrews thirteen five. I will never leave you or forsake you. We have hope because we have been given the keys of the kingdom. That's Matthew 16, verse 18 through 19. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Pause for a moment. Have you ever seen an army go into battle with gates? Pick up the gates. I'm not talking about bull. I'm talking about proper, proper gates. And they charge with gates. No, gates are not an offensive weapon. Gates are a defensive line. And the scripture says, And the gates of hell will not be able to prevail, to withstand, to overcome the advance of the kingdom. The implication is what Jesus is saying One territory is growing and the other territory is decreasing. Which is which? For too many people, they've read that scripture back to front, thinking that the enemy will not prevail. No, 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 no. The kingdom is dangerous to the devil in his territory. We are so dangerous that the gates of hell will not be able to prevail as we go in and we rescue the captives. We set them free. Therefore, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed. In heaven, come on, go and read your footnote there. Sickness, disease in heaven? Nope, doesn't happen there. Therefore, what has been bound cannot happen there. We forbid and we bind it here on earth. Life, abundance, Is loosed there, we loose life and abundance. From the supernatural realm, we release it into the natural realm. I'm giving you the keys, guys. Use them. Hmm. We have hope because we've been given the keys of the kingdom, we have hope because the kingdom is advancing. Matthew eleven eleven, I tell you the truth, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the baptizer. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. You think you're a worm? You are not a worm. Oh, I'm just a little small little Christian. No, you are not. You're a powerful warrior in the kingdom. if you were mistakenly thinking that you were a little worm, which you are not, but even so, you are still greater than John the baptizer. It doesn't matter how big or small you think you are, in comparison to John the baptizer, Jesus said, you're greater. All right. Verse 12 from Matthew 11. And from the time John the baptizer began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are laying hold of it. The kingdom is forcefully advancing. And because you are part of the kingdom, you too are advancing with intention and we are violently destroying the works of the evil one. What are you seeing? Are you seeing a church that's diminishing, becoming smaller, people just holding on, oh, Jesus, come back, please? Or are you seeing, according to the Scriptures, the kingdom advancing, the bride maturing, growing up, maturing, creations, cry, groaning is going to be answered because the sons of God are going to be revealed. We have hope because he's given us authority. Right at the end, just before he's going up, boys and girls, there were 500 of them gathered there. All authority, heaven and earth, been given to me. Now, it's your turn. Go for it. Go. Preach, teach, disciple nations. This nation needs us. This city needs us. Your neighborhood needs you. Your street WhatsApp group needs you and needs you to be vocal. Counteracting hatred and bitterness and negativity Amen. with love and compassion and hope and faith. That's why you're on that WhatsApp group. You beautiful thing, you. Yay! And I will be with you till it's all wrapped up. That's why we can say, the best is yet to come. Because he is on the move. Amen. I invite you to stand. I'd love to pray over you. Scripture from Romans 15 and verse 13. We've prayed it many times. We've read it, declared it spoken it many times, but in this context again, that this would be true of our hearts and of our lives. So if you're okay, but can we just reach out to the Lord to receive this passage of scripture as a prayer and a declaration? So may the God of hope fill you, fill Fill you, fill you right now. Every part of your life and your being, your your emotions, your mind, your thinking, every part of you, you would be filled, saturated, marinated in hope. May the God of hope fill you with joy, all joy, overwhelming, complete joy. And overwhelming and complete and transcendent peace. As you trust and you believe in Him. That you become a believing believer. So that you may overflow. So much in you and on you that it flows through you. An overflow of hope. By the powerful working of the Spirit of the living God. May you be blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. You have what it takes. You have what you need. You have everything at your disposal. You are victorious. You are a conquering one. You are an overcomer. You are a child of the living God. And He has got you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, lift a shout of praise.